Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Grains and Grace podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm sitting across the table from my brother-in-law and good friend, John. How you doing, buddy? John, I'm doing all right. You forgot to introduce someone. This guy. Oh, yeah. What, what's his Frank. Frank. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I forgot your name. Uh, yeah, Frank, my lucky Somo statue, is sitting here looking grumpy and judgmental. And still creepy. Still creepy, yeah. But. Still very creepy. <laughs> we should post a picture of him oh. on Facebook. How I haven't thought to do that ahead of time is beyond me. Maybe we'll even make it like the cover art yes. for the... Uh, Speaking of Facebook, if you're listening to us, oh yes, go to our Facebook page. Just do it and like us, please. Uh huh. Please. Yeah. So we've been getting instructed in the the means and the ways of social media because me and John are are kind of idiots in that area, believe it or not. And uh, it'd be way better if you could just keep up with us there, follow yeah. us there, and. Uh, Plus, it'll make us feel really good about ourselves if we yeah. see those, uh, those we numbers have a go up. Yes. <laughs> but um, um, I think every Facebook account should come with like a free friend. Maybe one like free a, friend. Yeah, like like an, you are like you start it, kind of like when you start a Robin Hood account, and they give Robin. you they give you a stock out of the gate. Oh, gotcha. You see what I'm saying? Uh huh. I was thinking about MySpace. Were you ever on MySpace? No, I wasn't either. But I remember there was the one guy who had. Cheesy smile. It was like always the friend. He was the guy who invented it, and everyone, everybody. That was, so it was your first friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but this one could be like maybe we could make a Christian version of Facebook called Christbook or something, and like your first friend is Jesus always. That's well, super cheesy, isn't it? <laughs> that's what we do here. We cheese it out. I don't think I want to be on a Christian Facebook. I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the. Have you ever scrolled through the comment section of any like Christian article or Christian post? Sometimes you get some nasty stuff in the comment section. I don't know if I. Uh, yeah. If I want to see that. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to see it. It's just <laughs> that would be us contributing to the very thing we hate, which is making Christian versions of everything. That's know? right. Let's do a watered-down version of Facebook. Uh, yes, called Christbook. And then uh, we can sit on it all night while we eat our, our Christian version of Pizza Hut called Christian Hut. <laughs> Christian Hut? There should be, I mean, if there's Christian music and, and Christian books, we should have Christian food, right? You know what Christian Hut makes me think of is uh, here in Kansas City, we have a place it's sponsored by one of the local churches, but they call it IHOP. But it's the International House of Prayer. Yes. Yeah. Um, they're a cult. Pretty sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've attended a few things back in my high school days, and it was where all the... Uh, oh, that's where you went to have your I didn't go there, but um, the church I went to is called Revival Generation. Oh. So anyone... Well, that sounds exciting. Oh, yeah, it's a generation of revival. Generation. Did they have rock and roll in the church? Oh, they had some rock and... Yeah. yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Um, this may be like the longest path we have walked without going anywhere since we've started this podcast. Yes, John. that is correct, because that's what we do. Uh-huh. Welcome to the Grains and Grace podcast, where we just... Talk crap about everyone. Yeah, we just <laughs> spew junk and stumble spew our way through the dark. For some reason, people listen. But the one thing that always gets us back on track, John, is beer. Is beer. And yes. we have got some beer in front of us. Oh, I need to switch my cans out real quick. Yeah, John's double fist in it today. Well, John's trying to fix a headache. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, we're nothing if not honest here. Uh, yes, and yes. um, 
John, do you do you have any confession that I, you want to I make to the podcast? Do, I do. I do. Uh, Greens and Grace fans, um, I maybe had a little too much last night, and so I crossed the line, and I went where I shouldn't have. You had your fill and more? I had my fill, and uh, it just kind of happened. Didn't mean for it, but was talking with people. Anyway, uh, yeah, a little bit of a headache. John took that joyous, blessed gift of God, and he, and he turned I, it into a I, curse. I did. I did, and now I'm paying for it. So. And But while we're paying for it, we can't stop recording. John's no, got to drink more no, beer. That's the only way through this. There's, only, there's one path through. It's, what are we drinking today? What uh, we are drinking. I love the name of this one. This it's is from cool. Big Sky Brewing Company. It's out of Montana. Cool. Okay. And it's Moose Drool. I love the, the can. It's got a, a moose on it. And it, the the way the can looks, it's like super, like, I don't know, like, cheap and cheesy mm-hmm. it has a cheapness to it you know like like somebody just printed these cans up in their basement <laughs> well there's a moose on the front as you would expect from a beer called moose drool right but and i think it's supposed to be a drooling moose but it really looks like this moose is just puking yeah. <laughs> like some yeah. kind of clear liquid yeah. on it and he's looking at you kind of side eye like <laughs> Oh, like we walked in like, on him during a very That sounds moment. appetizing. Mm. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I've tried this a long time ago during a beer tasting. You've tried this? It does not taste like drool. That's wonderful. Yeah. It is a brown ale, 5% alcohol by volume. So it's a it's a mediocre light one for you to start getting back on the, on the horse. And, and the other side has We Make Water Fun. I like that. And it's got mm. like this buffalo head. And is this a date? Uh, when they started their company, I can only assume three seven seventy seven. Or let's do some numerology. What could this mean? What's the secret? Well, there's three sevens, uh-huh. and then there's a three. Oh, so, so it's, the perfect number. So it's a Christ in It's a Christian beer. Ah. Oh. <laughs> right, and we're drinking from cans. So instead of that satisfying pop, yeah, we're gonna do. A, wait for this. You ready for it? Uh, all right, here we go. Ooh. Right? Yummy. Is that mm-hmm. coffee? Well, they don't give us a description. Wow. That's, that's there, really good. There is smooth. almost a coffee-esque light into it, isn't there? So, here's what it does. It knocks on the door. It says, hello, I understand there's a party. Oh, why, yes. Uh, you may join us. Comes in, leaves, and everybody says, who is that delightful gentleman that was here? I don't know. Nobody knew him. But he was here at the party, and everybody enjoyed him. A thief in the night. Yes, that is this. <laughs> that is this beer. I like to picture it's a moose coming into the party, and it's real, oh, this is not a moose party. I better. Who people with me? Boo-wee-goo. Moose and squirrel. That's my. That's the best <laughs> Russian accent yeah. I can put on. So, John, we. We have, have an a, interesting topic today. We do. Yeah. And you know what? The best way to do it is I just want I just want to start digging in some scripture. I'm just going to, and you know, if I say I'm going to do that, I should probably have my Bible app open. That would make a whole lot of sense. Well, can I can I ask you some questions? I want to ask the audience questions. Yeah, waste some time. While okay. I'm... I want the audience to think about what do, for instance, these countries have in common? Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Afghanistan. Sand. 
Right. That's what we're talking about today. Man, it's gritty. It's annoying. Okay, it's what cities from the past, what do these cities from the past have in common? Salem Village, Geneva, and Castile. So these cities from the past and these countries I just described, they all have one thing in common. What do you think it is? Scratch my long, flowing beard. Yes. Hmm. Something about the way they're organized. Um, yes. They are a government organized as a theocracy. They yeah. were, or they had theocratic ways about them. So we're going to do some breakdown of that word. So theo being like the root of theology. Right. And ocracy. Theo, theos, theos, God, um, uh, ocracy, uh, rule. So where um, democracy is the rule of many people, aristocracy would be the rule of aristocrats, ruling. Mm -hmm. uh, theocracy would be described as the rule of God. So yeah, I would agree. All those places you mentioned did, and you know, just really great things happened there. I can't think of anything yeah, negative nothing, from any of those. No, that, no, nothing. I mean, we. I, I brought up the ones out of the gate uh, because they're specifically Muslim countries. And so I can hear Christians saying, oh, those are Muslim countries. That's why they have problems. Let us not forget, Christian brothers and sisters, let us not forget Salem Village, where we, where our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ murdered mm -hmm. 19 women <laughs> for being supposed witches. Uh, let us not forget Geneva, John Calvin, the great John Calvin's Geneva experiment. Nothing went wrong there. Let us not forget Castile, you know, where the Spanish Inquisition started. Mm. No, that wasn't bad. I actually didn't know that one as yeah. well as you did, so thank you for getting me caught up Absolutely. on that one. Absolutely. That's what I'm yeah. here for. With each other lots of, lots of useless knowledge. Anyway, uh, so we're going to talk about today uh, government and God. And we're going to go through because we have to wrestle with the scripture. And we have to, to ask ourselves, what does it, what does it mean? I mean, is God in charge of government? Is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? Is maybe just the church supposed to be the thing that we need to submit to? Um, and government needs to stay separate from church. Thomas Jefferson said, and Let's get into it. Anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's real simple. I'm just going to bust some scripture yeah. out right here. And You're reading. Where are you reading? I'm reading from Romans 13, starting with chapter 1. And, you know, this verse is just one. Verse, one. verse 1. Yes. Yeah. It's just going to answer everything for us. I don't think we'll have any questions oh. at all oh. after oh. this. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Then, yeah, this will be a good podcast. So, <laughs> let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Stop. Done. There. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, so Ryan, does God ordain uh, the people we elect? Does God ordain the authorities? What happens if those authorities are doing things that are wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, do we rebel? Did they rebel? Did early Christians rebel against Nero, for instance? Mm -hmm. You know... <sighs> Yeah, because Nero, as we were kind of talking over lunch today, would have been in power at approximately the time when this was 
John just switched to the hands instead yeah, of the moose rule. He, the, the look of shock on his face when the taste did like, not what match what this he was garbage? expecting. <laughs> but yeah, so clearly at that time, there were leaders and authorities in place that were clearly not living through God-pleasing principles and yeah. not living in a way that we today as Christians feel we should. Now, I'll tell you, in just my short almost 40 years here on this earth, I've seen this verse used in American politics. Absolutely. Usually when someone that someone likes is in power and someone's grumbling, they'll be like, hey, should obey the authority. submit to him. Clearly yeah. God had it uh, put in place. The first election. I've heard of, Trump was ordained by God. I heard the first time I remember hearing this in that concept was uh, with George W. Bush. That was the first election that I was. George able. W. Bush. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Dick Cheney are gonna go hunt later. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So um, but so yeah, and I remember because there were some people grumbling about George Bush, like saying, "Oh, well, he's not, you know, the best person for the job." And I was like, "Well." Clearly, according to Romans thirteen, yeah. you're you're wrong about your beliefs. But you're supposed to respect him, even if you disagree. <clears throat> you're supposed <throat> to respect him until then, Obama gets elected. The oh, he's the Antichrist. Then people are really quiet about that <laughs> yeah. too, and then suddenly that's not a topic of discussion anymore. Yeah. So it's really it's one that has been argued over and over. What does it mean when Romans thirteen one? says let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, not just be subject to them, because that brings to mind render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Well, and I can hear some people saying, uh, well, you know, the, the Christians were being persecuted, and so to be a good witness, the whole you know, the whole idea is that they're trying to say is Paul's really just trying to say, Hey don't don't stir up trouble, you know, try to be calm and peaceable and that'll be a good witness. The problem the problem happens in verse two. Ooh, there's wait. It goes on past that, John. <laughs> yes. Holy. Pro, yeah. I'm pulling out my. Oh, there is more that happens you, after you, verse one. Yeah, you should read. You should read verse two. I guess I will. Uh, verse two. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Well, that makes me even more scared about. Yeah. That. So this is clearly. Like, not just, uh, hey, you know, we're just trying to be a good witness. I mean, Paul's saying here, you know, that the authority is instituted by God. And so when you rebel against the authority, you're rebelling against God. You're mm -hmm. sinning against God. So here's a question. Was the Revolutionary War that America had with Britain? When we when we separated from that institution of government, was that a sin? Is America founded on a sin? Uh, John, we are founded on godly principles. <laughs> oh yeah, Judeo-Christian principles. Every right. single one of our founding fathers mm -hmm. were essentially just like pastors themselves. That's they right. were reading That's their right. Bible by candlelight every single night, and before anyone rolls their eyes, this is completely tongue in cheek, and I don't <laughs> believe that for a second. Right. It's interesting. I know this is going a little bit. You did a few, I guess in a weird yeah. way because we are saying that obviously, and I love and I love this country, and I I would make the case that church and state should be separate. I think people out there that say this is a Christian nation founded on Christian principles, blah 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 blah. No, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, started by a bunch of people that were 
deist um, in the letter to Tripoli um, the it, it, from Congress it clearly says you know the United States is in no way founded upon the Christian religion mm -hmm. you know this was enacted this is fact mm -hmm. you know Thomas Jefferson is known to have uh, made his own Jefferson Bible in which he went through the New Testament and cut out all the miraculous stuff, you know, so that he could just have the moral teachings of Jesus. Um, so maybe I, he had the authority to, who was the question? I, and we said they should have been subject to that. Yeah. So the idea that, the idea that, uh, that I think that, well, we were founded on, you know, Christian prophets. No, we won. No, we won. But, um, but there's documents and letters where they mention God's name, John. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, they're God. They're God. Yeah. So wh whatever. I mean, that's fine. I am glad that we live in the United States. But the question is, what does a Christian do? You know, do we rebel against things that are wrong? Do we go along with it? What are we to do in this situation? I think it comes down to. Of course, we as Christians believe that above all else, we obey God before anything else. So when we talk about seizing and rendering unto our government, rendering unto Caesar, yeah, it's an idea of it, when that came into context, that was with regards to taxes and they were trying to get Jesus, you know, pigeonholed into making a contradictory statement or something that would get people riled up. Because the Jews asking, hated the Romans. Yeah, so should we pay to the Romans? Yeah. And at that time, the point of that being was, just go ahead and do it. There are bigger things in this world. Yes, taxes suck, but you know what? We live in a sinful world. We're going to do things on a regular basis that are going to suck. We complain about our taxes today, but we still do them. We can't say, well, you know, I don't think that paying my taxes is in line with God's word, so I'm not going to do it. No, you're going to have, you know, letters. Well, I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's what I'm asking because people do make the case. They will make the case that like, well, this is, you know, this government is not enacting with, you know, God's word. And of course, I mean, you know, I would agree. There's a lot of times the government doesn't mm -hmm. act in accordance with God's word, you know? And then, you know, when we pay taxes, there are things that we all pay taxes for that we all don't agree with. Some, you know, I'm, I'm not particularly personally somebody that likes abortion. I don't. And, you know, I know tax money is going towards that, or was. I don't know how that new decision that was made. But on the same note, uh, I don't like war either. Mm -hmm. I don't like spending lots of money to drop bombs, you know, on starving people. <laughs> just not, I'm just not into that. I just really like life, and I really like supporting life all the way around. But yeah. From and so, so so we pay our taxes, right? And, 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 um. On the flip side, you know, my taxes pay for roads I like to drive on. They mm -hmm. pay for libraries I like to go to. They pay for schools that I send my kids to, you know. So I think it's the idea that what Jesus is trying to say is there are bigger things happening here than your grumbling about money. The kingdom is bigger than this bitter rivalry with whoever you disagree with who's in power right now. So if someone tells you to do something even if it 
sucks at the time, but it's not going against God's word. Suck it up. Do it. We have something greater waiting for us in the end. This momentary financial hiccup or annoyance is so minuscule in the grand scheme of what God's trying to do here. But then I also, see that. I see. I see your point there. Yeah. I see your point there. Mm-hmm. But but two says God instituted this stuff too. So. Are we saying that God institutes injustice? Well, already, for instance, the mm-hmm. the the before the Civil War, slavery was legal in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, did God institute slavery? I'm going to say man did that. <laughs> but I know where you're going from. I just <laughs> I'm really bad at improv. Sometimes John was trying to set me up for something. I'm like, no. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm asking a real question, actually. Uh, did you know? Because when we talk about God instituting government, did He institute Nero? Did He institute Adolf Hitler? You know, did He did He institute Palpot? Did He institute uh, Lenin? Did He institute well, slavery? I, I mean, I think that's good. Let's start trying to break each one of these down. I, you start yeah. and I think we sort of find out where the fallacies may lay in that because there are people that believe that is what that means yeah and the reason i think that is a fallacy or there's a fallacy in that statement is that god is not going to encourage or produce or do anything that's going to cause sin god cannot do that so to say that god purposely put in the power is someone that's going to hurt his people divide his people that's not going to show god-like love I can't believe that. So that makes me think that interpretation of that scripture just can't work. But the problem in my head is what else could it mean if we're saying that that's not what that means? What could it mean? Well, I think I think when you keep reading, like it doesn't get better. No, it does not. Um, you, and if you're on? following along, uh, and you're listening, you're following along, um, you're already reading ahead probably, and you're like, I don't know, I don't know how you, I don't know how you walk away from this scripture, because here's where I'm going to, here's the challenge I'm going to give. Sometimes in scripture, it's okay to read something and say, I disagree with that. <laughs> no. I know, but I think I think maybe it's okay to say, I I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? What do you think? I don't know. I think that's a good starting point, but I think if we're ever reading something from the Bible and we're saying, I adamantly disagree with that, it's always sort of my understanding or my gut reaction that there has to be something that I'm not reading correctly or i'm reading need to see it through a different lens okay well uh, yeah and you want to know because <laughs> this is uh if we read verse three like i said it doesn't get any better well let's just do this for those who aren't okay. uh reading with bible in hand verse three of uh chapter 13 of romans 
For rulers hold no terror for those who do right. Not true. But for those who do wrong. How often have we heard that? Well, you shouldn't be afraid of a law if you aren't doing anything wrong. Right. Yeah. But it's not true. Uh, It's not. I mean, rulers do oppress uh, people Mm -hmm. that have done no wrong to reward those who are doing wrong. Mm -hmm. Kim Jong-il, or Kim Jong-un, in North Korea rewards his lackeys and oppresses his people. Mm -hmm. So I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it either, but again, and it's just that struggle that I can't, I can't say those words, John. I can't say those words that I, it's so emblazoned, which is why I try to find some, that's where it is. I'd love to know what it is. But the fun part is this is, as I've, explored other areas where I've had questions with regards to the scripture, I've always been able to find myself on the path towards truth and find greater understanding. But this is one that I just always continue to wonder. Because if you look at it in the context, and once again, Romans was, as we've been reminded in the past and we've discussed, it was meant to be read in its entirety. So taking this one thing out of it on its own sometimes can muddy the water a little bit and make True. it a little bit. True. So again, you know, Book of Romans written to the church in Rome at a time when there were, so the Jewish people were expelled from Rome for a while. Um, so clearly they already had sort of a, uh, I don't want to say love, they just had a hate relationship with it right. all together. They moved back to Rome after that five-year like exile for a while. Right. And then they're living in this land where there's already hostility towards them and for their beliefs. Um, there's this commingling of the faith with uh, the faiths that are going there. It's just very confusing. So There's a lot of uh, colonizing of Judaism. Yeah. So when I read it, the one thing that I always think towards is that there's something more time-specific to this. Like, if we were to read this today through the lens of a Roman believer at the time, that we're probably missing out on something that's a little bit deeper from the context of it. But once again, authorities in Rome were not living or ruling in godly ways either. So even at that time, it's sometimes a little bit confusing and difficult yeah. to wrestle with. I mean, when you, and, and and I don't know, and maybe maybe this is out of context, but when, I, when you read this, it sounds like it's saying God institutes all government mm. and, you know, it would almost be saying like, you know, if you uh, are in prison, even if you feel it's wrongfully in prison, you know, God, God's doing it for a reason. Mm-hmm. You did something wrong. Instituted. Maybe it all comes down. If there's one word that I think needs a little bit more digging into, so yeah. instituted. If some God, God instituted marriage. So we talk about how God created marriage and instituted it and made it. It's like He created it. He purposefully put someone. But um, have you ever taken the time just to look up the definition of the word? instituted no i haven't i'm actually doing that right now hey, i'm looking up. and i'm kind of glancing through the rest of this chapter i mean at, this is not good <laughs> keep reading <laughs> while i do a little uh okay 
So I'm going to move on to verse 4. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. Now, you might have an out there, okay? This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can... I can get down with the end. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm going to just uh, bear a little bit of Ryan here, but I had a real struggle for about a four-year period with our authority that was established here in the great United States of America. And, you know, kind of had to grin and bear it and say, man, I'm talking about Trump. <laughs> we don't say that in Christian conversations sometimes because he sprinkled a little bit of uh, God into his speeches and yeah. said a few things we like. But, you know, I had to be respectful of my authority, even though every bone and every cell in my body said. But you were, you were being respectful to the office. And a part of and a part of that respect is is what makes our democracy work. Because yeah. we. You know, whether you vote for this person or that person, <clears throat> we submit willingly mm-hmm. to that authority. Yeah. Right. And and we can choose to kick them out when mm-hmm. we want. Um, I think I think in that way you could you could um, make a case for the rest of this scripture that God institutes, but he institutes by the, the, the free choice of his people and so and to keep things running peaceably you do have to submit on some level the problem is that this was not written during democracy wait they didn't vote in no Nero? no they did not vote wait, in Nero. how did he get his power? nor is nor was uh kim jong-un who voted into what he does i'm pretty certain uh, he tells people though isn't there an election yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time so or? is putin right <laughs> for 20 years <laughs> Just assumed he had a really good uh, marketing team. Like, it, you know, here's another one. Um, so, if governments are instituted by God, Putin went to war, started, picked, and started a war with Ukraine. I remember that. And remember that. <laughs> if let's say Putin accomplished what he wanted to accomplish and sets up a government, is that a legitimate government? With does the war, then do we have to recognize that, or can we say, man, this is terrible what you did, and Let's fight. Let's fight them. Let's let's fight back. Let's push them out. Let's repel them. How do you repel evil? You know, and this has often been the, the the Christian question about war. You know, is there a just war? Is there is there a case or a time that it's okay to draw a sword? And, Boy, and we have really because a lot of Christians like to look back at the history of. Christianity and make sort of excuses for things that we have done in right. the past yeah. and that it was important. Um, even going back to the Bible and looking at, you know, the Israelite people were engaged in battles where, you know, it sounded like they slaughtered tons of people and that it was God leading them to do it. Yeah. But there as well, 
I don't believe that God would ever say, go out and kill people because we know that God has got a love who's trying to bring people into him. And I have a, it's really hard mm. to share God's love with someone when they're dead. I mean, that's a really, <laughs> yeah. that's a really that does easy make it thing difficult. to understand. <laughs> yes. Like, um, Who are you talking to this dead guy? Yeah. Well, that's why you need to have, um, you know, pay a little money to the Catholic Church later. And then oh, you kill, now purgatory. You kill someone, you pay a little money for them, and you get them in heaven. I'm oh. going to murder everyone to heaven. Yeah. That's a really bad sentence structure. I'm going to murder you to heaven. By the way, as a caveat, we're only joking. <laughs> or are we? For those of us, for those that want to. Yeah, for all but, the uh, uh, government people listening in their smoke-filled rooms, like what did they just say? But I would say that the American Revolution, something I think we both agree with, mm-hmm. and I would probably guess that lots of our listeners would agree with, um, uh, our American Revolution to get freedom from the Brits um, is is I don't is the word antithetical the right word I want to use here. Put it in a sentence. Antithetical to Romans 13. I don't think you can make a case based on Romans 13 that the American Revolution was something that would be considered a scriptural action. No, and that's where... And thank God for it. But you could make the case at Salem Village. You could make the case at Castile. You could make the case at Geneva. All would have used the scripture to establish their authority mm-hmm. over people. Yeah, like and, and, and would have expected Christians. Oh, to rulers, follow that to the T. Rulers have absolutely used it. Now I wish that I was remembering something because I actually think Nero would, used to reference back to this, or I've learned once that it's believed that Paul, when writing that, wrote it with a little bit of specific purpose. He was writing to the church in Rome, knowing that the Roman authorities wouldn't just let them blindly read and say whatever they wanted to. He's not going to write a letter to the church in Rome and like rag on all the powers and authorities right. that are there and make things worse for him. So, in a, and this is just a theory and like an interpretation that I've heard before is that it's likely he sprinkled those words in a way that's trying to be like, Hey, look at me. I'm telling I'm telling people to show respect and authority to you. So he's being disingenuous. Uh, that's one. I mean, that honestly is one way that I can reconcile a lot of my difficulties with it. But he's but it, but but if that's the case, that he's that he's basically he's basically lying. He is uh, if that's the case too. So so you know, which is fine. I mean, uh-huh. don't get me wrong. I've done disingenuous things. I do them all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're playing the part. You know, we, we all go to, we all have a nine to five job we got to go to that we're sometimes, you know, playing nice with the boss. And in reality, we can sit down at our desk and think, that's an idiot. Well, I think that brings up the question we talk about how the Bible is God breathed and inspired by God. It really, yes. And that goes to the heart of this. Because, because God's not a liar. So if we believe that every single word was like, dictated directly by God, then that would make God a liar, and that doesn't work. But if it's this belief that God's speaking truth through sinful people, and through this book we all agree on. Mm-hmm. So therein, yes, maybe Paul, sinful Paul, 
being disingenuous in that, but that what we're supposed to take from it is not every small little word, but the overall well, concept. Well, well, maybe he wasn't being disingenuous. Maybe he honestly thought this. Maybe that's his real belief. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we approach Paul like Paul was Jesus, like he's the fourth person in the Trinity. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't. He was, like you said, he was a human being. And isn't it possible? Just, I'm just throwing this out here. I don't want to explode the internet here. But isn't it possible that maybe Paul, for all the good stuff that he wrote in Romans 1 and 2 and 3 and all that good theology that he got to 13 and, you know, maybe he wasn't, maybe he's not right there. Just saying. Maybe he was wrong sometimes mm-hmm. in what he wrote. I know people are going to say, well, then how do we know what's right? You know, but I think that the Holy Spirit leads us all to truth. And it's amazing how that happens. <laughs> exactly. And it's just the nasty little three-letter word sin. It's going to permeate everything. I'm yeah. thinking back to you were asking about the American Revolution. Yeah. Yes, I believe that engaging in war with anyone is an act of sin. You're taking a life out of this world. You are not living in harmony with your brothers, but it was a sinful reaction to a sinful situation. You brought up a while back the discussion of what would I do if Nazis came knocking on my door looking for Jewish people, and it's a lose-lose situation because I'm put in a spot where I either have to put people in harm's way or I have to engage in sin by by lying about the situation. So I think sometimes war is both just and also a sinful act at the same time. That's an interesting take. Um, I feel you on a certain level. I don't know that I would call it sin. From, a, from the standpoint of the letter of the law, yes, you would be correct. Mm-hmm. But I think that Jesus teaches the spirit of the law, right? And so I don't think that, for instance, when um, you had people hiding Jews in Nazi Germany, and, you know, are there any Jews here? <laughs> you know, no. None here. I don't think that that person had to walk away, and when he got the to church on Sunday and it came came time for confession and forgiveness that he had to confess I lied mm-hmm. because I don't think that was a sin you know what I mean I think yeah, I he do. followed the spirit of the law mm-hmm. and I think the spirit of the law like for instance in lying is that I'm not dealing with you falsely and I'm or in such a way that um, I'm not trying to take advantage of you. Uh, I'm not trying to keep you from prospering in a positive way. Um, I'm not doing things malicious. Um, the sin would have been to tell the truth, right? And to mm-hmm. let these people then get slaughtered and die. Mm-hmm. That would have been the sin. And I think like something like now, you can debate the merits of the American Revolution or whatever. But something like, uh, you know, ending slavery and having to have a war over that, you know, I mean, you know, if I have to 
kill a man to set another man free because that person's enslaving that man, you know, you know, is it, is it, is it murder? No, the man was already being murdered by being enslaved, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> that's, that's the murder. Well, see, that's where I very, I get into it and I agree with you on so many levels, but I think to a certain degree, we're also forgetting how corrupted everything is by sin so by our human standards no lying to a nazi doesn't feel like it should be but we're also setting ourselves way too low of a bar because remember the bar of perfection is god so it seems fine to us like of course that's justified because we're looking through that but if we're speaking falsely to any brother yeah technically but we can't get away from it there's no win it's sin this way or sin that way because we are surrounded by it. It's a part so you, of our lives you, you that view we can't get rid of. You view it as we're just immersed in the sin. Yeah. See, and I just, and I, and I, so you see it as more like an ocean of sin that we're mm -hmm. just immersed in. There's, you, you know, you can either swim this way with the current or you can swim against the current, but we're, either way, you're in sin. Yeah. And I, and I would view it more as um, a sin-populated world. So you're in a forest of sin, forest right? Of sin. And you can take paths that are natural paths that help you go through that forest um, and, and, and avoid sin rather than trying to run into the tree. I don't, maybe that's not a good description. Well, here is our first listener feedback challenge for the episode. <laughs> are we in an ocean of sin or are we in a forest of sin? So go to the Facebook page. Just <laughs> yes, a one-word yes. comment. I want you to either say ocean or forest. Ocean or forest. <laughs> we need to get a poll out there. Maybe I'll put it actually on the podcast. We'll have a poll attached to it where you can just do a one-click ocean or forest. Well, okay. So, and I would put it even like, okay, so you're in a forest. You're, you're in a, you're, you're on a path. Even let's say there's a path mm -hmm. and I can walk this path or I can choose to walk off the path. But if the path I'm on is leading me off a cliff, sometimes the right thing to do is to go off the path. That's not a sin in my, in my worldview mm -hmm. that, that you can always go off that path. And sometimes depending on where that path is leading, it is a sin. So the, it's the end goal. I'm looking at an end goal kind of thing. What are we trying to accomplish here? What's the end goal here? Um, I think because I think God's idea for us is is, is to have human flourishing, mm -hmm. to have well-being, yeah. to encourage the good of all people. You know, good cheer coming up on Christmas time. I think I think that's God's plan for us. And that's just a personal opinion, you know. And so if that's the goal. You know, what accomplishes that goal? And sometimes if we get too wooden literal about what is sin, we can really miss the goal, you know. But you know why I love my ocean? Because it makes me so much more dependent on Christ. If I say that I am just surrounded, that no matter which way I go, even with the best intentions, it's going to fail on my own then it just makes Christ's importance in my life seem that much 
greater. Your silly forest analogy means that maybe you're going to pick the right path on your own will. Oh, <laughs> um, I see. I see. Yeah, okay. like through, through John's well, own good doing. I think that some... you like your oceans analogy because you love the Hillsong United. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Hillsong United song, Oceans. And oh, and you guys if you need some past episodes, uh, it's the worship episodes. And, Ryan gave a scathing review of that song, but apparently now he's endorsing the song. So. You just brought out, I usually let about maybe one bad word slip out, but you, you got it from me, John, you dirty son of well, a bitch. Well, you know, in my worldview, you needed to take that path <laughs> to accomplish what you needed to do. Maybe, maybe it's more of a, a spiritual yeah. roller coaster. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think we're coming up at the end here. Um it's almost good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we hope you guys liked this show today, guys and gals. I always forget. And uh, remember to like us on Facebook. Like us on our Facebook page. Uh, stop going to Ryan's website to find us. <laughs> Go to our stuff because yes. it makes sense for Facebook that way. I was told I made the mistake. I would post on our page's Facebook and then I would share our pages facebook page to my post and people were just bypassing our facebook page altogether and just clicking the link so, so if you're one of those go to our facebook page if you like it it'll be just like you like me yeah but then you'll be getting all of our other updates uh-huh you want to see so. pics of ted yeah it's not ted it's funny you're so. thinking of ted lasso apparently um anyway so this has been a great show remember uh, you can like us on Facebook. If you have any uh, comments or questions, you could leave them on Facebook or you can email us at grains and grace podcast at outlook.com. Yeah. And uh, remember to uh, check us out on Spotify, Apple, anywhere else you can get your podcast. And much like we said, a lot of uh, we were really getting people hyped for a seven room recording space. The next big thing we're going to do, it's going to happen. Yes. We will be on YouTube. We just have some technical things sit out there. You want to see our pretty faces in real time and yes. uh, see our space. It's coming. It's coming. We're going to have YouTube, mm-hmm. and we're going to be able to uh, start having guests yes. on our show. And I think I think maybe Ryan's already lined up. I don't want to say yet. I haven't lined anything up, though. I just assume that I can uh, pull a favor. Yeah. yeah. So. But it's a, it's, it's, anyways, it'll be special. We'll love it. And, uh, so, anyways, uh, we'll see you next time. Grains of Grace Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.